0: chapter 10 of celebrated crimes volume 4 part 2 herban grandier by alexandre dumas translated by george burnham ives this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 10 the next day a still more extraordinary scene took place while monsieur de la was questioning one of the nuns the superior came down into the court barefooted in her chemise and a cord round her neck and there she remained for 2 hours in the midst of a fearful storm not shrinking before lightning thunder or rain but waiting till Monsieur de l'aubardement and the other exorcists should come out at length the door opened and the royal commissioner appeared whereupon sister jeanne des anges throwing herself at his feet declared she had not sufficient strength to play the horrible part they had made her learn any longer and that before god and man she declared urbain grandier innocent saying that all the hatred which she and her companions had felt against him arose from the baffled desires which his comeliness awoke desires which the seclusion of conventional life made still more ardent monsieur de l'aubardement threatened her with the full weight of his displeasure but she answered weeping bitterly that all she now dreaded was her sin for though the mercy of the saviour was great She felt that the crime she had committed could never be pardoned. Monsieur de Laubardemont exclaimed that it was the demon who dwelt in her who was speaking, but she replied that the only demon by whom she had even been possessed was the spirit of vengeance, and that it was indulgence in her own evil thoughts, and not a pact with the devil which had admitted him into her heart. With these words she withdrew slowly, still weeping, and going into the garden, attached one end of the cord round her neck to the branch of a tree, and hanged herself. But some of the sisters who had followed her cut her down before her life was extinct. The same day an order for her strict seclusion was issued for her as for Sister Clare, and the circumstances that she was a relation of Monsieur de l'Aubardement did not avail to lessen her punishment in view of the gravity of her fault. It was impossible to continue the exorcisms, other nuns might be tempted to follow the example of the superior and Sister Clare, and in that case all would be lost and besides was not urbain grandier well and duly convicted it was announced therefore that the examination had proceeded far enough and that the judges would consider the evidence and deliver judgment this long succession of violent and irregular breaches of law procedure the repeated denials of his claim to justice the refusal to let his witnesses appear or to listen to his defence all combined to convince grandier that his ruin was determined on for the case had gone so far and had attained such publicity that it was necessary either to punish him as a sorcerer and magician or to render a royal commissioner a bishop an entire community of nuns several monks of various orders many judges of high reputation and laymen of birth and standing liable to the penalties incurred by calumniators but although as this conviction grew he confronted it with resignation his courage did not fail and holding it to be his duty as a man and a christian to defend his life and honour to the end he drew up and published another memorandum headed reasons for acquittal and had copies laid before his judges it was a weighty and impartial summing up of the whole case such as a stranger might have written and began with these words i entreat you in all humility to consider deliberately and with attention what the psalmist says in Psalm 82, where he exhorts judges to fulfill their charge with absolute rectitude, they being themselves mere mortals who will one day have to appear before God, the sovereign judge of the universe, to give an account of their administration. The Lord's anointed speaks to you today, who are sitting in judgment, and says, "'God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods.' how long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked defend the poor and fatherless do justice to the afflicted and needy deliver the poor and needy rid them out of the hand of the wicked i have said ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes but this appeal although convincing and dignified had no influence upon the commission and on the eighteenth of august the following verdict and sentence was pronounced we have declared and do hereby declare urbain grandier duly accused and convicted of the crimes of magic and witchcraft and of causing the persons of certain ursuline nuns of this town and of other females to become possessed of evil spirits wherefrom other crimes and offences have resulted by way of reparation therefore we have sentenced and do hereby sentence that said grandier to make public apology bareheaded with a cord round his neck holding a lighted torch of two pounds weight in his hand before the west door of the church of st pierre in the market-place and before that of st ursule both of this town and there on bended knee to ask pardon of god and the king and the law and this done to be taken to the public square of st croix and there to be attached to a stake set in the midst of a pile of wood both of which to be prepared there for this purpose and to be burnt alive along with the pacts and spells which remain in the hands of the clerk and the manuscript of the book written by the said grandier against a celibate priesthood and his ashes to be scattered to the four winds of heaven and we have declared and do hereby declare all and every part of his property confiscate to the king the sum of one hundred and fifty livres being first taken therefrom to be employed in the purchase of a copper plate whereupon the substance of the present decree shall be engraved the same to be exposed in a conspicuous place in the said church of saint ursul there to remain in perpetuity and before this sentence is carried out we order the said grandier to be put to the question ordinary and extraordinary so that his accomplices may become known pronounced at Laudon against the said Grandier this eighteenth day of August 1634. On the morning of the day on which this sentence was passed, Monsieur de Laubardemont ordered the surgeon François Fourneau to be arrested at his own house and taken to Grandier's cell, although he was ready to go there of his own free will. In passing through the adjoining room, he heard the voice of the accused saying, What do you want with me? Wretched executioner, have you come to kill me? you know how cruelly you have already tortured my body well i am ready to die on entering the room fourneau saw that these words had been addressed to the surgeon manori one of the officers of the grand privot de l'hôtel to whom monsieur de laubardement lent for the occasion the title of officer of the king's guard ordered the new arrival to shave grandier and not leave a single hair on his whole body this was a formality employed in cases of witchcraft So that the devil should have no place to hide in for it was the common belief that if a single hair were left the devil could render the accused insensible to the pains of torture from this urbain understood that the verdict had gone against him and that he was condemned to death fourneau having saluted grandier proceeded to carry out his orders whereupon a judge said it was not sufficient to shave the body of the prisoner but that his nails must also be torn out lest the devil should hide beneath them grandier looked at the speaker with an expression of unutterable pity and held out his hands to fourneau but fourneau put them gently aside and said he would do nothing of the kind even were the order given by the cardinal duke himself and at the same time begged grandier's pardon for shaving him at these words grandier who had for so long met with nothing but barbarous treatment from those with whom he had come in contact turned toward the surgeon with tears in his eyes saying so you are the only one who has any pity for me ah sir replied fourneau you don't see everybody grandier was then shaved but only two marks found on him one as we have said on the shoulder blade and the other on the thigh both marks were very sensitive the wounds which manory had made not having yet healed this point having been certified by fourneau grandier was handed not his own clothes but some wretched garments which had probably belonged to some other condemned man then although his sentence had been pronounced at the carmelite convent he was taken by the grand provost officer with two of his archers accompanied by the provosts of Laudon and chinon to the town hall where several ladies of quality among them madame de la barremont led by curiosity were sitting beside the judges waiting to hear the sentence read monsieur de la barremont was in the seat usually occupied by the clerk and the clerk was standing before him all the approaches were lined with soldiers before the accused was brought in pere lactance and another franciscan who had come with him exorcised him to oblige the devils to leave him then entering the judgment hall they exorcised the earth the air and the other elements not till that was done was grandier led in at first he was kept at the far end of the hall to allow time for the exorcisms to have their full effect then he was brought forward to the bar and ordered to kneel down grandier obeyed but could remove neither his hat nor his skull cap as his hands were bound behind his back whereupon the clerk seized on the one and the provost officer on the other and flung them at de l'abonnement's feet seeing that the accused fixed his eyes on the commissioner as if waiting to see what he was about to do the clerk said turn your head unhappy man and adore the crucifix above the bench grandier obeyed without a murmur and with great humility and remained sunk in silent prayer for about ten minutes he then resumed his former attitude the clerk then began to read the sentence in a trembling voice while grandier listened with unshaken firmness and wonderful tranquillity although it was the most terrible sentence that could be passed condemning the accused to be burnt alive the same day after the infliction of ordinary and extraordinary torture when the clerk had ended grandier said with a voice unmoved from its usual calm monseigneurs i have in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost and the blessed virgin my only hope that I have never been a magician, that I have never committed sacrilege, that I know no other magic than that of the Holy Scriptures, which I have always preached, and that I have never held any other belief than that of our Holy Mother, the Catholic Apostolic Church of Rome, I renounce the devil and all his works, I confess my Redeemer, and I pray to be saved through the blood of the cross, and I beseech you, Messieurs, to mitigate the rigor of my sentence and not to drive my soul to despair." The concluding words led de Laubardement to believe that he could obtain some admission from Grandier through fear of suffering. So he ordered the court to be cleared, and being left alone with Maître Homan, criminal lieutenant of Orléans, and the Franciscans, he addressed Grandier in a stern voice, saying there was only one way to obtain any mitigation of his sentence, and that was to confess the names of his accomplices and assign the confession. Grandier replied that having committed no crime, he could have no accomplices. Whereupon La Bartimont ordered the prisoner to be taken to the torture-chamber, which adjoined the judgment-hall, an order which was instantly obeyed. End of chapter ten Recording by john Vanstan, Savannah, Georgia.